Welcome to Authentic AF with Aaron, powerful conversations for aspiring leaders. I always strive to bring on guests that will push the limits of what you think is possible for you in your leadership. The goal is to create a shifted and transformed perspective on what it takes to truly lead and inspire. If you think you have what it takes to be Authentic AF, then come join the Facebook group, Authentic AF with Aaron. Thank you for listening and enjoy today's show. Welcome to another awesome episode of Authentic AF with Aaron. And today's honored guest is Joe Nunziata. He is a colleague that I've worked with before in some of my online series, and he is just an amazing, amazing man. He's a best-selling author, business consultant, professional speaker, and life coach. He's been delivering life-changing messages at events and seminars around the country and the world since 1992. And his enlightening programs are truly a great blend of that spirituality meets psychology, philosophy, and really centers around energy, which is what we're gonna talk about today. And he really stands that, you know, we get to make permanent changes. And in order to do that, we have to clear any kind of energy or break any patterns that we might have at, at our core level. So he's really into the transformational process and you know the belief systems and energy around beliefs and being able to really sustain any kind of growth and breakthrough that you experience in your life. And so I'm really excited to have this discussion today about how to elevate our energy when we are in times of transition or change. So welcome, Joe. Glad to have Thank you. Thank you, Art. Great to see you. Yeah. So, you know, maybe tell us a little bit about your passion for energy. And, you know, I, I know this is a huge stand for you. And, and for those that may not be in, in that, uh, you know, knowledge space of knowing the importance of it, maybe just let us know why you're so passionate about it and, you know, how it's impacted you in a, in a sense of business or life. I'm from New York originally, and now I live up the road from you here in Orange County. But I originally, you know, came, kind of came out with the belief system, the bull in the China shop work hard. I read a lot of books and things about being successful and setting manifesting, you know, vision boards and all that kind of stuff. I did all those things for, for a while and it, it was, it kind of helped, but I, I just couldn't get, get out of my own way. I just couldn't sustain it. And it led me into, long story short, I started actually going to therapy at one point. I had gone through two bankruptcies by 30, started to go to therapy in my late 20s, you know, I got toward my late 20s got really interested in psychology and behavior. And then that led me into metaphysical energy work. And I, then I started to realize as I did that work on a deeper level, the reason I was struggling was not because I wasn't hard, working hard, wasn't smart, wasn't dedicated. It was because I had these energetic blocks that I had to learn how to resolve to move forward. So that's what, so once I did it on myself, then I started helping other people because they were asking me and that's kind of how it started. But the reason I'm so passionate is because I know that all this mental gyration, although it's not bad, it is not going to get people to where they need to be. Absolutely. I know that in my own experience, a lot of, a lot of this comes down to not just the knowingness of it, but the embodiment and true absorption of what, what that is. The belief becomes a part of your being as opposed to just something you say out loud. Like sometimes affirmations, they have a, a kind of a rebound effect. I like to say where it's like you're, you're, to say, saying them at the wall and they're coming back hardcore in a way that you're not expecting. And I think a lot of people aren't, uh, 
aware sometimes that that has to do a lot with like what you're talking about, these subconscious blocks and things that might be not allowing it to really come back to us in a way uh, that either serves us or is like, you know, in alignment with where we want to go in our careers or our families or whatever we're working through and on. And so, you know, I love that you want to talk about how this can support people in times of transition because, you know, tapping into uh, consciousness, intuition, energy, it's such a powerful tool. And, you know, maybe just, just share with us some of your thoughts around, um, you know, the practices that you've been leveraging, you know, right now we're in coronavirus pandemic. And I know that you're, you're kind of already a master at this, but like, you know, I'm, I imagine you're using some of these techniques on yourself as well. Well, I've been doing it for so long. So my energy is in a very different place. You have to understand. So I'm in a very calm space because I've been clearing energy and I've been aligning my energy and clearing my energy every day for 20 years. So this is not like something that when this a thing like this happens, I go to a different place than somebody else because I know, okay, this is happening for a bigger purpose. And it's for all of us to understand ourselves at a higher level. And it gives us an opportunity to do that, which one of the reasons this happened was to get everybody to slow down and look at themselves, which most people never do. They run all around here. We run around like nuts and we are chickens with our heads cut off. So that was one of the things that happened. So when it first happened, you know, there's a part of me in a weird way that was actually excited because I knew it was part of a shift that I, that 2020 was, was really meant to be. So 2020, because of the energetic shifts that we've been going through for many, many years, but since 2016 at a higher level, have been culminating to this. So it was almost like we had to get to this big event to jolt everybody. And again, we're still in the middle of it now. There's gonna be a lot of changes as we go forward. So for me, like I said, I was kind of already waiting for something. And I've been saying this to people for a while. I've been saying, some, I don't know what it will be, but it will be a big event that will take place that will really jar us out of our shoes, so to speak. So, so again, and working with other people, I'm seeing people at different levels. Some people are really, panicked and really dealing not dealing with it well and everything in between so i've i've got from the people that are like yeah i'm i'm okay all the way to the people who are ready to jump out the window so it's, it's kind of an interesting time yeah absolutely and and you're right there's like a full range of experience that people have had up until this point that has created a filter with how they see the world and then it's it's like something comes out of left field from their perspective and it, it really does shake up any foundations of what you thought was true or possible for you. I, I had a, a guest that was talking about, you know, what's beyond the horizon line and having faith that it's going to be okay. You know, that's mm -hmm. a big piece of this too, is, you know, we, we up until this point may have defined a story about ourselves that has to do with what we're doing. And then all of a sudden we're having to kind of, I call it a homecoming, come home to ourselves, be with ourselves and not be the chickens with their heads cut off. Yeah. And, and it's like, hmm. You know, it's an invitation to really be curious about what makes us tick, what drives us. And, you know, from an energetic sense, I know that my meditations and things like I used to I used to kind of poo poo this idea of like quantum, the quantum. Right. Mm. And the quantum for me was always kind of like far out there. But I had this experience the other day where I actually released something really deep like a deep emotional breakthrough for myself. And I literally like felt it in my body rushing out of me like a like a literal release. Right. And I woke up the next day and it was really, really, really odd because this guy who lives halfway around the world, he's a friend of mine, also deeply sensitive, spiritual kind of guy. He's like, Aaron, you came to me in my meditation and I knew I had to reach out to you what's going on. And then something similar happened later that day. And I was kind of thinking to myself, like, gosh, you know, like there really is some kind of like connection that we have that's beyond what we just see. 
you know, when we're connected to people. And so then it, you extrapolate that a, lot, a little farther and you think about like all the fear and all the anxiety and all the other stuff. Like there were mo moments and mornings over the past four or five weeks I've woken up and been like, I'm kind of feeling sad today and I don't really have a reason why. And, and it really made me realize like, hmm, maybe those aren't really energetically mine. You know, like maybe these are things that uh, are connected in from different places that I'm not necessarily, you know, present to on a normal basis, but in the stillness and not being, you know, outside all the time or distracted by my job or whatever. It's mm -hmm. like, it's, it's become more real for me, how truly dependent we are on these things that we can't even see sometimes. Yeah. So I think, you know, part of it, I have the same experiences all the time where I'll be meditating or even just kind of sitting quietly and somebody will come into my consciousness and I'll always reach out to them because I don't know why, but I don't question it. I just kind of go with it. So the idea of stillness, you know, of course, is important where most people, most, you know, there are a lot of people, I would say, you know, being a New Yorker, the majority of people that I know really very rarely get still or get quiet. And this is something that we have lost here in our society, especially with the technology and the phones and all this. So in order for us to evolve, because the bottom line is our society was devolving. And energy is always moving. One of the things you learn about energy is it's always moving. So there's no such thing as stagnant energy, even though you may say, well, nothing's really happening or my life is not going anywhere. It is always moving. And we were in a situation where the society we have built is unsustainable. And this is one of the reasons that we had to have this big shift of energy, because this is, we're going down a road that is not, we're not going to be able to survive this, you know, as we continue. So the shift that's taking place is to get us to a, back to our connection to ourselves and also to go from what I've, what I've been calling for many years, the me consciousness to the we consciousness, because we're very connected. We're very focused on ourselves and what do I get? What do I do? Ego, things like that. You're seeing this in politics. You're seeing this in with, you know, you've seen this with entertainers and you've seen this with successful people where it's all about them and what do they get and how do they build more wealth? And when you look at the society, you say to yourself, how does it make sense that one person has billions of dollars and millions of people are starving? So this doesn't make any sense. So this is, this is something that we need to shift to, to create a more sustainable world. But if we're never outside of ourselves and we're constantly in this egoic state of looking to get more and have more and be, and, you know, be, have a higher status or have more money or more cars. And listen, we're living in a material world. It's nice to have things and there's nothing wrong with that. But, when it overtakes us, which is what it has done, and the focus has been always on me, 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 it, it, it destroys the fabric of really what we are because we are all one energy. So when I hurt my, when I hurt you, I hurt me. When I don't help someone else, I don't help myself. And these are things that, that we need to get back to. These are core foundations of civilization where people needed to work together in clans and small groups and as eventually larger groups, but they needed to work together to survive. And we've gotten so far from this feeling of community and being connected. And this is going to be. Oh, I think it just cut out there for a second. And of course, it is probably like the most important point, right? <laughs> but uh, I'm you not know, sure where it cut out, but it, <laughs> it was just in the last literally like two, three uh, seconds. But, uh, you know, what, what I was thinking as you were talking there is that idea of playing team, the, the we 
right? There's no I in team. And what does that look like in a, in a global and digitally connected world now where we have the ability to influence and connect with people in a way that's so markedly different from any other time in our civilization? I mean, you look at like Zoom and all these companies that are servicing this type of connection now, and it's just incredible to, to behold what can be created virtually where we held long time beliefs that we had to be like in the same room or presence of somebody. And then, you know, what does that mean in terms of teamwork in the future and the way that we work? And, you know, we were talking about this right before we hit the record button about people uh, now, you know, working from home, maybe they want that and they don't necessarily need to go to the office five days a week, maybe only one or two, or, you know, it's really interesting the shift that's happening around uh, what can be created uh, in in isolation, so to speak, physically, but in true connection with whatever whatever technologies we have access to. Yes, yeah, so I think part of it is really we need to get back to quality of life, and I think we've lost that. To you know, it's been all about work hard, work hard, work hard, make money, and that's been the focus of society forever. And we a lot of people have really lost their quality of life, and it's funny because I do a lot of executive coaching as well. And I talk to people who are very successful, CEOs and owners of these big businesses and so forth. And I have to tell you, for the most part, they're not happy. They're, they're very stressed. They're, they're depressed in some cases. A lot of them are abusing alcohol and substances. So the idea of, of this, this drive to get to this place, which is an all egoic, you know, we need to get back to quality of life. What is the quality of your life? What does your week look like? Do you enjoy your life or are you on this? You know, most people are on this train, this way you're just pushing, pushing, pushing. And then it, it just is not healthy to be there anyway, physically, emotionally, spiritually. So the idea is to say, hey, you know what? I had a guy who's the CEO of a company and he said to me, I realize now that I can work two to three days a week from home and still be just as effective. And he, for him, we were working on this because he couldn't get past that idea that I need to physically be in the building. So it was almost like he said, the quality of my life will be so dramatically different by me staying home two or three days a week and, get, and realizing I can still have the same impact because his fear was, I won't have the impact if I'm not there. Nowadays, this is, not, this is not the same world. We don't need to be there. As long as you can get your stuff done, does it, and listen, we love human interaction because that's, humans love to be together and interact, but I don't have to go drive. He's driving from OC to LA, this guy, on a daily basis. And, you know, he was saying, you know, I'm not doing that three days a week or two days a week changes my life. So these are the kind of things I think we're going to see where people realize I don't need to do this. this. And I could see, here's the key, I could still be just as effective without doing it. And I think that's the thing people couldn't wrap their heads around, but you know, that's an antiquated way of looking at the world. Absolutely, absolutely. And there's definitely a piece in there around the shifted perspective of what what comes out the other end of us being in certain situations now. And so, you know, from a company and leadership perspective, you know, I imagine there are people out there wondering what what is it going to look like to manage people from afar, to lead people from afar, uh, co-create things from afar, as opposed to the uh, you know I don't anticipate these these restrictions will be completely lifted, although there will be some freedoms kind of opened up in channels uh, for at least another month or two here, and and so it's it's just interesting. Like I think about 
uh, as a coach and working in the coaching space, it's easy to translate, right? But if you're on a manufacturing line or you're in like a different right. type of work, I, I can imagine this being very scary and weird, like, oh gosh, you know, and a real like, real panini press kind of way, like, oosh, you know, what are we gonna, what is this gonna look like? And businesses having to make decisions they've never made before, like, well, we presumed we would always be doing this, but now maybe we get to do that or, you know what I mean? Yeah, we've always had disruptions in business. And, you know, the one thing that you've learned in disruption, which I've seen my whole life, you know, is that the companies that are the early adopters do well and the companies that don't. So I was working with a company a couple of years back, actually it's probably four or five years ago. And one of the things that they were slow to do was they're, they're a wholesaler, but they were slow to go to online ordering. They, the owner was just a very, not a technical, not a person who embraced technology. And I said, well, you know, I remember one of the guys there who had been there a long time, they brought me in to consult with them. He said, you know, I've been telling, telling this guy for years that we need to start moving in this direction and just did not embrace it. Now, as a result of that, they started to see erosion because the customers did not want to call orders in. They were actually taking, five, I'm going to say five, six years ago, fax orders. So I'm like, who is taking a fax order at this time? You know, whatever it was. So it comes down to embracing the disruption and people, human beings don't like change and human beings don't like disruption. So that, and this has been historically, you know, I study history. I'm a big history buff. They have, they have basically resisted every single advancement in the world, going all the way back to printing presses, to electricity. to uh, so, so, so these are things that now we look at life and we say, oh my God, how can we not have this? But if you look at his, history, humans have resisted every advancement until it just took over. And we saw it with technology. When I was in sales back at that time in the 90s, when, when really the computers were really taking over, there were older guys that were sales managers when I was working, and they refused to give us to use computers. It was just, you know, they just got blown out of there because they refused to evolve. So you have to evolve. You have to be willing to say, okay, this is, it's a new invention. It's like, it's like the wheel. Like, what, what am I not going to use the wheel? Because, but it's the same idea. It's, it sounds crazy, but the, the people have to, they just, it's just human nature to resist something different because people are fear-based and more so the, the, the bigger part of it for people is as much as they re resist technologies, they resist new belief systems and looking at things differently more so than anything. So now as we come through this whole thing and we're going to see the government differently, I certainly know that everybody sees the media very differently because the media to me has lost all credibility. I don't see any part of it that, that is valuable at all. For the most part, there's nothing on there. It's become an opinionated reality show to me. It's not, it's not like I'm not watching. There's no news anymore. I go get my, re my sources from different places. And I think a lot of people feel like that because they say one thing on Monday, one thing on Tuesday, one thing on Wednesday, one thing on, and you know, they're constantly causing fights and disruption where years ago was just the person came on, they tell you the news, this is what's happening. That's it. It wasn't an opinionated, there were opinionated shows that were not the news. They were separate. So I think, you know, we're going to see the media different, the government different. I think also we're going to see the ending. And this is one of the things that keeps coming to me in my meditation. We're going to see the end of false idols. And we've had a society that has really put people on a pedestal that, which we're not supposed to do anyway, because it's back to the Ten Commandments days, right? Do not, do not take false gods. But entertainers, athletes, you know, people who are politicians or maybe powerful business people that have been placed on a pedestal 
all of a sudden, all this world is turning into upside down. There are no sports. There are no movies. There are no TV shows. There are no concerts. There are no, so all these people who we have put on a pedestal, we need to take them down. And I'm not saying you can't like somebody and enjoy their music or enjoy what they do, but don't put anybody on a pedestal. This is an important part of our evolution. No one's better than you and no one's worse than you. We're all the same. And we need to get out of that mentality that I want to be a celebrity or I, Hey, listen, if you want to do something and you want to, that's fine. But the idea that you want to do it to get placed on this plateau above everybody else is, is going away. And I'm, that's something I'm excited about. Oh, well, don't crush my dreams. I mean, I was, I was like riding, right, drafting Oprah, so to speak, right? You know, <laughs> be the next best thing. And I think that's great. I think that's an awesome point of view because there are so many people that have held certain things above their own worth. And now we're having to really take a hard, close look at like who we are, what we're made of, what we stand for in isolation and in, you know, in a way that we're not connected to our normal escapism or fantasy world. And that fantasy world, and you know this, the, the highest form of consciousness is actually imagination. And a lot of our imagination usually has been about chasing things that are outside ourselves versus like when I envision my future and I meditate, I think a lot about how I feel in that, in that vision. You know, five senses, fully rich, how am I feeling? And a lot of what I feel is I, I am striving for freedom freedom and in that great responsibility for the freedom it's the the opposite end of the same experience but it's like this flow a graceful flow of the freedom and the responsibility where i felt like beholden to maybe a corporate career track before and i want to create something that is more fulfilling for me at a base level as opposed to like you said running around earlier with the chicken with the head cut off i was like man that was so me for so many years and and i love what you said about the uh you know we put other people before ourselves and if you just take that you know even a step back at a very basic level putting anyone above ourselves has become kind of the modus operandi for a, a fair chunk of the population like not really even considering ourselves as having power to affect changes or change our realities and you know hey wake up you know sports stars and whatever and shouldn't take the you know coronavirus or the death of kobe bryant or you know you could go on and on there's been a mm. whole bunch of stuff happened this year to really open up our eyes and our minds and our hearts to this perspective that at the base we're all human you know we're all human having this weird experience and right. you know the interpretation of that right yeah and the bottom line is to me the work has always been about ultimately feeling peaceful so because when that that was always the goal for me and i think when i got into the work as a person who was very came up in a very dysfunctional environment grew up and wanted to get to a place of just being peaceful. And what was interesting was, you know, I always, my belief system back in the day was about money. So I said, oh, you're peaceful when you have money, because that's when you're gonna, you don't have to worry about anything. It's growing up struggling and, you know, our family and my dad passed when we were young. So, you know, that was always in my, again, the, the shiny object, so to speak, or the idea or the, that if you have a lot of money, you're gonna be okay, you're gonna be at peace. And then, I saw people who had a lot of money who were nowhere near at peace. And then I saw people who really were, were very, you know, lived very basic lives and you would even say below average lives who were very peaceful. And I started to say, well, this is not a, this is not a, this is, that was one of the things early on that started to really hit me when I was a kid, even before I got into this work. And I said, wait a minute, this person, if I'm supposed to be going toward that direction, do I want to be that guy? And 
I said, I really don't. Then I saw this other guy. I said, well, maybe I want to be that guy. So it was almost, it, it was almost like disrupting my whole belief system that I grew up with. But as I've done the work for a long period of time now, I realize it's all about being peaceful within yourself. And that should be everyone's goal. Because if you're peaceful within yourself, you're vibrating high, high energy, and your energy is helping everybody else. So that really is the goal. When I work with people and work on clearing energy, it's not about people, oh, how do I manifest this? I said, that's all great. You can do all that. But let's, the main thing, the greatest gift you can have is to be peaceful when you wake up in the morning. Nothing in life, I will tell you, is better than that. So you could have all the material possessions. You could be successful. You could be on Oprah, do whatever you want. At the end of the day, waking up peaceful is the greatest gift you could ever have. I don't think it could be any better said than that because that is a very freeing energy. You know, not being so distracted or looking immediately at the phone. And, you know, people talk about all this stuff. And I think it's, uh, you know, up until maybe just the last few years fallen a lot on deaf ears. But as we become more and more uh, triggered or stimulated by technology and experiences, and we're not having that foundation of like uh, who we are at the core or uh, where we stand on certain things, it's really easy to get in that tailspin. And I, I love what you said about growing up in a tumultuous type of environment. And I think a lot of us look at that like, you know, we're the whole nature versus nurture part, right? But um, <clears throat> all of us to some degree have had an impact or something that has change the filter with which we view the world and what we strive for and what you were talking about what i kept hearing is uh, you know if i do this then i'll have that and i'll be something else and really what it starts with is if i am peaceful then i will do things gracefully and have i don't know abundance or whatever <laughs> right and it's the whole like be do have instead of we're, we're leading from the doingness for the most part up until now yeah, I think one of the things I learned early as I was really working deeply on the chakra system and the energy work was you want to go from doing it to being it. And that was one of the big things. Because in the beginning, you're doing it because you're learning. And you're learning to work on yourself. And you're learning to work on your energy. And of course, for us, it was always about doing something to get something. But this was where you went from, I don't have to even think about it anymore. I've become different. As opposed to, I have to do all these things. So now it's about being different, not doing something to be different. And I think that was one of the big lessons for me that I learned. And it was about learning that, oh, once I become it, that, go, that travels. That, that goes, you know, maybe the money doesn't travel, the car doesn't travel, this doesn't travel. But that becoming a different energy goes everywhere. And so that's really what I think we're, we're looking at here is becoming something, not not getting it's not like i'm going to school to get a degree so i can put it on my wall and say look this is what i did and it's more of the feeling of i am now in a different space as a person and therefore my my whole life is different because i don't have to do it i don't have to prove it i don't have to do i'm i'm, a, I'm becoming who i really want to be that's so perfect. I'm so bummed because we're actually up on time here, but I know that you're always working on super interesting stuff. So if there's anything you'd like to share with the audience about what you're working on in the near term, I'm sure they'd love to connect with you after the show. Yeah, well, the, my main site is joenuns.com. So it's J-O-E-N-U-N-Z.com. That's my main website where you can see everything I'm doing. I do a monthly webinar 
uh, called Spiritual Saturdays, which is at spiritualsaturdays.com. I have a membership program, obviously different things. I have a new book coming out, which was supposed to be May, and we pushed it off to September because of all this, which is called Heal the Deal. So that's a book that combines spiritual energy principles with you know, sales and market. How do, we, how do we blend these two things together? Because we're going to move into an evolved society where the old way of doing business and selling and marketing yourself is not going to work anymore, where people, the sensationalistic stuff that we've been kind of barraged with, you know, all these people, yeah, I'm going to show you how to make 75. I had a guy call me recently, tell me, I'm going to show you how to make $75,000 a month using LinkedIn. I'm like, is that right? So it was just like, you know, it's it just, <laughs> so it's just, and you know, I get these emails and all these stuff from people and they're calling me and I'm just like, Jesus. It, so instead of, it, we, we're going to get away from that whole, you know, chasing the shiny object, you know, carrot at the end of the stick world and get, get more real. And you're going to see an evolution also of teachers who are going to be different. And a lot of people that we looked at before in maybe they were more successful or higher esteem, you're going to see some shifts take place. And this is going to happen all across the board, by the way. You're going to see it in government. You're going to see it with entertainment. We're already seeing it. We're seeing it in, in political figures. We're going to be seeing it in business figures where as we elevate, the shift will go away from the old way of operating. And those people who were doing things that way are not going to be able to sustain it. So it's a very exciting time. It'll take a little time for it to all settle in. So for people who are concerned or nervous, that's fine. Allow yourself to feel those feelings. And ultimately, what you said earlier, Aaron, is really correct, which is it's a faith game right now. It's a fear versus faith. So you've got to have faith that in the big picture, even though the small picture maybe doesn't look so great, the big picture faith is what we have to look at. And that's kind of how I always look at life because it's like, this is not about, you know, events, things come and go, right? We've all gone through tragedies and negativity. And I lived in New York through 9-11 in 2008, those two big events. So these things come and they pass. The big picture shift is what we have to focus on. So if we stay there and just have faith that it'd be good, we'll be in a much better space. Awesome. Thank you so much, Joe, for all these amazing insights and wisdom. And I definitely can't wait to get my hands on that book and, you know, understand more about that because, you know, as, as aspiring leaders listening to the show, I'm sure we're all really interested in how we can pivot and adapt to what's coming and, you know, be powerful and influential in our work. And so thank you for sharing with us. I really appreciate having you. Your uh, connection stuff will be in the show notes so people can come and find you. And, you know, I, I want to thank you again. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to today's show, and I hope that you had a few aha moments or maybe even a breakthrough. The goal is to share that with somebody that you know and that you respect or that you care about. That's how we create the ripple effect of leadership in the world. The show notes contain the ways that you can connect with both myself and the guest. Don't hesitate. We absolutely love connecting with you. If you like what you heard, subscribe so that you don't miss out on any more amazing podcasts that I drop. I hope that you have an amazing kick-ass day and thanks for tuning in to Authentic AF with Aaron. See you next time.